Welcome to another episode of the Plastics Podcast, a show where two American wankers trying to rein in Detroit Lions expectations while simultaneously saying, I told you so. Roar. This week, your hosts are the newest volunteer to be the Lions mascot, Rory, Blair Lacrosse. I didn't realize his name was Rory, and now I I must have this job. <laughs> and myself, the stand-in Jacob Burke, Maddie Gaylor. This week on the podcast, we discuss the absolute horror show that was the United States men's national team game against Uzbekistan, where the major players, who the major players were, good and bad, and a look to the Oman game on Tuesday. Outside the U.S.'s international break, Hansi Flick bids adieu to the German national team, Anthony gets a longer vacation to think about his actions, and Manchester United get to stay at home figuring out what mess they've gotten to them, themselves into this time. Hey, Blair. Was that the old intro music? No, that was a new one. Because it's... Oh, I think I might have dementia. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic start to an episode. <laughs> Listen to this podcast. Blair gets dementia live on air. Oh, no. Sudden onset dementia. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good, folks. I need to work on... You remember the uh, Nintendo DS had that brain games game? It was called like Brain Academy or something. I th- I just went to school. <laughs> <laughs> that was my that was great school for oh, me. It okay, was the Nintendo okay. DS. Yeah, wow. we we couldn't afford schools or teachers where I'm from, so they gave you Nintendo DS. They gave you uh, the Bible and, and they gave you a pack of gushers. Yeah, and then also an infant child that you had to raise. <laughs> Up north, Michigan folks. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, I think I did that on the Wii. Actually, I think there were games. Raise the child. <laughs> Yes, I raised a child yeah, on the Tamagotchi kind of situation. Yeah, it's probably dead by now. Do you have a Tamagotchi? No, I never did. Some people still have theirs. And like they're still keeping oh, them al- I mean, like alive. Keeping them alive is probably a strong word because I don't... Do they actually die? If you Tamagotchis? Like, yeah. I don't know. I never had one. Me neither. I had Webkins. Webkins. Webkins were dope. What is Webkin? There was a really soft, soft animal that I would get at the teacher center, uh-huh. um, which was a store uh, that my dad would go to because he's a teacher. Uh-huh. And they were like $25, which was just so much for a kid. And I would yeah. save up and save up. And then, so you get this Webkins and you get stuffed animal, but you also get a code to put into the computer for a website. And then you get to play games with the Webkins. So you could put your friend on the computer. Yeah. And you get to play with actual friends. Wow. I know. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Was it like a first person shooter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dropping in with my webkins. <laughs> where where are we dropping, boys? boys? <laughs> 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 me, me and Sally, the salamander, are dropping into the prison. <laughs> um, speaking of childhood things, 
uh, I was on Instagram this morning and I found something that I was like, man, I really need to bring this up on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, Crocs, right? Yeah, I do. They're making a comeback. Mm -hmm. And I've seen two different crossovers in the last week. Okay. Of Croc crossovers with other things. Okay. And one of them was Shrek. I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> they're kind of scary, but they're kind of cool. They've got like little green Do horn they have like things. the ears? Yeah. Okay. And they're green and you know, you can put them in sport mode and all that fun sport stuff. Sport mode, yeah. <laughs> but there's another one. Oh, there's eyes on them. Yeah. What? It's freaky. Okay. They're $194 on StockX. That's too much. It has a nose. Anyway, please continue. There's another one that's uh, partnered uh, or collabing with a company, I believe it's called Mischief, okay. but it's just M-N-C-H-F or something like that. M-S-C-H-F, something like that. But they're huge yellow like boot crocs. They look oh like my. a cartoon. Oh my God. Yeah, they look like um, they're $315 <laughs> on StockX. Only? That's a steal. They look like something that minions would wear from yes. uh, the Despicable Me movies. 100%. They basically are minion feet. Yeah. That is bizarre, man. And I can honestly see somebody in Manhattan wearing those. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you're going to see these on the streets of Brooklyn. I mean, I think Yeezys look ridiculous, but like, come on. Those are going to make it. Yeah, they are. New York Post says, Mischief cross Crocs, big yellow boots, sparking confusion, quote, so dumb. Wow, that's harsh. But yeah. true. It's still harsh. I think we have lost the plot when it comes to fashion, particularly in the shoe department, folks. I think the big shoes are, they're looking pretty stupid. I think we're all going to regret these. Mischief has a shoe that is literally just a walking boot. I need those. <laughs> it's literally just I need those. a walking boot. And Can it's I on StockX. I've plugged StockX now three times, <laughs> four times if you count me mentioning it every single time I bring it up. They are on there for, guess the price. Oh, uh, 695. Low. What? Okay. Um, 985. Low. 1275 <laughs> low <laughs> 2000 high <laughs> they are $1,490 on StockX right now it wasn't even a five StockX, the sponsor of this <laughs> episode. that is for a u.s men's nine apparently a u.s men's 11 is only 400 so maybe bigger feet you get a much much better deal usually with walking boots it's like kind of one size fits all or the, like a range of sizes because my walking boot that i have in my uh closet right behind me that fits like women's <laughs> six through ten i think <laughs> i have in my closet right, <laughs> right, behind right here by it's on display if I you'd can, like to see it i can pull it out there's this shoe it's a mischief shoe on, on stockx.com <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's just a red I've seen those it's just a for those who can't see them it's a red cartoonish looking boot right yeah but it looks like it's made out of like rubber some kind of uh polymer uh based material it's like the croc without holes basically yeah. but red you they would smell so bad oh can you imagine walking around in the summer in those they would definitely fit they look like they fit tight around the the high ankle right because oh, there just traps all that heat in and then the shoe has no breathability unless there's like vents out of the bottom or something but like that wouldn't be very it wouldn't make any sense to be a shoe i'm not a shoe engineer but 
I mean, there's there's no breathability in these things. They would just smell like your feet in the worst way. So I don't understand this. I I don't understand fashion though, so that's not a surprise to anybody. But speaking of feet smelling and fashion, uh, you want to break into the first game? Yeah, the stinky feet. <laughs> USMNT. <laughs> the stinky feet game. Because we had stinky feet passing and terrible ball control, except for Weston McKinney and the first goal. Yeah, the nice uh, pirouette to uh, get his leg up in the air. I, I, I didn't think Weston was that flexible, I'll be honest with you. Like, I thought he looked really good this game. Yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, I just don't know how he got his foot up there. I think that would have torn all the ligaments off of my femurs and... and tibia etc if i tried that so that was and pretty impressive back, maybe yeah yeah everything would have been torn <laughs> yeah you're just a limp noodle on the field yeah yeah <laughs> I, yeah i i did strain my groin in soccer growing up and um when you do that it feels like hot fire going through your leg on the inside so um just imagine that but through your whole body <laughs> <laughs> just imagine being actually on fire yeah so we score that opening goal right and it's like okay fourth minute goal uh that's a good sign yeah weston is able to get like four touches off in the box with three guys around him and it's like okay so they're not really doing too much here to defend him that closely and then tim way just leathers it but the keeper doesn't really seem like he's got his feet on the ground when the shot uh, is taken. So I don't think he really has much ability to, to react to the shot. I don't think he even saw the shot. I think yeah. he had two defenders right in front of him and he couldn't even see it come off yeah. until it was too late. And That's then he just true. didn't jump for it. Yeah. Because he he had a good game the rest of the game. Like he, he had good That's stops, true. good, you know, blocks and wasn't the most steady i think there was a point where he dropped a ball right in front of christian Pulisic <laughs> and almost that got it almost off. came yeah yeah um but here i am sitting there in fourth minute thinking like okay this uzbekistan side is kind of who i thought they would be no offense um i'll, I'll full disclosure folks i had very little interest in watching this game <laughs> i thought it was going to be very boring either a one-sided uh shellacking or I guess that was the only thing I was expecting. So what you we ended up getting <laughs> was, I guess, decidedly different than my expectations. For the worse, for for a lot worse. Yeah. So maybe we should just let's get into let's it. Let's just get yeah. Let's just get it out there, Maddie. How did you feel about this USMNT performance against Uzbekistan? Before the first goal, I made a comment that I said everybody feels a bit disjointed. There wasn't a cohesiveness to the passing. There wasn't a fluidity to the way they were running, to where they were running, to any of the passes. Yeah. It was like the ball was always one step behind. Mm -hmm. And Uzbekistan kind of looked like they knew that. And they could kind of strip the ball from us pretty easily. And it happened a lot. Yeah. A lot more than I'm used to seeing. Yeah, they were turning, uh, they were turning turnovers into quick transitions pretty easily, which I thought was kind of concerning. Well, when the turnover happens uh, with your center back, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's the last defender, it's pretty easy to make it a counter. Yeah, so what Maddie's talking about there is a pretty bad pass, a giveaway basically from Tim Ream. He uh, did it multiple times. Yeah, yeah, 
Um, and there was there was one in particular that led to a, a one-on-one moment with uh, with Matt Turner that Turner did well to save. I don't know if it was really the most well-placed shot in the world, but nonetheless, Turner smothered his... Uh, he closed him down, smothered the shot. So, yeah. But yeah, it was a... It was a, it was, yeah, it was a disjointed is a good way of putting it. I think I feel like we were doing things like basically correctly, like following the plan. The ball was getting into the final third, but like once it got there, it looked like five or six guys who didn't really know where they needed to be. And they kept sort of stepping on each other's toes. I feel as though all of them felt like, all right, there's a goal for me here today you know yeah so i just got to get the ball at my feet and i'm gonna i'm gonna get a goal um i don't know but yeah it, it did seem like there was a lot of players who were sort of marking themselves out or like sort of marking out their teammates by being too close to them and i don't know i mean what i mean do you do you does that concern you is this just like a shaking off the the, the rust or is that like a tactical issue that needs to be resolved i mean it's slightly concerning it's greg's first game back and they <laughs> kind of look like they lost all of the momentum that they had going um i mean yeah we were playing with the b team and the b team was doing really well under the other guy but it just felt like oh greg's greg ball is back greg ball and there wasn't much progression in the state of greg ball and that is slightly concerning yeah yeah I yeah I think that's I think it's fair like you you shouldn't be conceding as many good chances as we did to Uzbekistan um I mean at one point we should have been losing yeah yeah Uzbekistan had a couple of really great goal scoring chances and frankly a better team would have converted them um we got kind of lucky with some of their decision making in the final third and and Matt Turner Matt Turner yeah Matt Turner uh saved the clean sheet for sure so yeah it wasn't good we get we were outshot by Uzbekistan they had 15 shots we had 13 shots um I think the three nil flat the three nil flatters us for sure um it wasn't good it wasn't good (laughs) who uh let's take some positives away from the match yeah yeah who did you see that did shine despite the lack of effort from the general team? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pick any final third player, that's for sure. I feel like they were all just like really, uh, they need to work out their chemistry a bit there, um, which is, that's fine. Like that's, that's a, that's like the hardest part of the pitch to, to, to get right, I think. Um, so, you know, that maybe takes a little more time and cohesion than, other aspects of the of the the greg system but um and the the old adage is you gotta the manager can get them there but then once it's there they have to do it themselves kind of thing you know so um maybe it's not entirely on greg but uh anyway i thought in the brief 35 minutes that luca de la torre was on the pitch he looked quite good um He's dropping deep. He's playing at the base of the midfield in place of Tyler Adams. Um, and was just doing a lot of the uh, water carrying in this match. He was progressing the ball quite well. Had a few successful dribbles. I think he was just really tidy overall on the ball. And you felt pretty confident in him when he was in possession. 
I think he's picking out the right passes and just generally keeping the tempo of the game up. And yeah, I thought I thought he looked quite good. I was I was pretty pleased with what I was seeing from him. It was disappointing to see him get subbed off because I thought he was having a nice match. And Luca De La Torre has been a guy who's like definitely shown some quality for us in the past, um, but I think has you know just been down on the pecking order. Given Tyler Adams is probably the clear first choice there, and um, the the midfield's like fairly settled, I think, with the the McKenny Musa Adams trio. So yeah. yeah, it's too bad for him that he had this po- really promising performance in a moment where obviously Adams couldn't play and he was only able to get the 35 minutes before having to go off with an injury. It definitely looked like we were missing that slice of creativity in the center without mm. Adams there. Mm. I mean, I, not that saying that Luca De La Torre didn't perform well, yeah. but when he was gone, we missed that cohesiveness yeah yeah i think too um almost what's would stand out to me more about adams being missing and perhaps a slight deficiency in de la Torre's game is that adams like would be one of those guys who would break up transition moments he's i think maybe a more natural defender than de la Torre is i think de la Torre is just good pretty good on the ball he's a pretty good possession based uh midfielder at the base of the midfield trio um whereas adams is more of he's not a midfield destroyer i think but he's got more of that in his game than de la Torre does so who did you think was impressive in this match maddie well i i, I want to say matt turner but i think that's already kind of been said he kind of saved her ass yeah so i, I came up with another one Let's i came up it. with a different one okay and it's a sub And I think he changed the pace of the game for us. Oh. And I have always been a prophet of this boy. I've always been a supporter. A prophet. Um, A profiteer. A profiteer. I thought Brendan Aronson came to the game and his work rate and his hustle on that side of the field changed the way we moved the ball. Okay. He came in and he, within five minutes, had more touches than Pepe at halftime. I mean, Pepe coming in at halftime. Mm. Pepe had four touches, I think, when Brennan Aronson came into the game. Yeah, so that also probably tells you a little bit about how the uh, middle of the pitch was being used, which is to say not very much at all. We were like, hey, we're going to work down either side, yeah, and exactly. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And Pulisic was like, I'll be on that side. It doesn't matter what position I'm playing. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Pulisic was just kind of roaming from one, one wing to the other. It was very confusing. Yeah, I think it's fine, by the way. I think that's you see that pretty commonly. It's It creates a lot of like confusion, I think, for the defensive line when they're tracking where these players are going. So that was fine for me. The problem I was having in the first half was like Balogun and Pulisic. And um, yeah, it was really actually like Balogun and, and, and Pulisic were kind of like getting in each other's way a little bit. I think when Pulisic was doing that, because um, Ballo also wants to try to drop in and like onto the wings and try to get involved with the play there, but we were also losing like middle of the like the zone fourteen like D, the top of the D presence, um, which I think would maybe be a little bit more Balogun's remit. But yeah, that's a that's a good shout. Yeah, Aronson, um, just to read some numbers at you. Had an assist, had a couple of chances created, took a shot um, in twenty six minutes. That's a pretty good performance, and I feel like Aronson, like if nothing else, he brings you like a clear 
like vector, you know? Yeah, he will make himself available. Exactly. Like he He will clear his schedule for you. (laughs) (laughs) He he like when Aaronson's on the pitch, you know what he wants to do. Like and he's going forward. He's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um I've always sort of I've been I sort of questioned Aaronson's like final third capabilities. I still feel like he needs to work on his creation a bit more. Um because he spent so much time there and he's really good at like regaining the ball that high at the pitch. Uh, that's like his specialty, I guess. But I would like to see a little more goal contribution out of him than what we get. But on the day, he had the assist, so can't, can't uh, knock him for that. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see how he changes playing at Union Berlin in... Uh, comparison to Leeds, who were kind of a hot dumpster fire for most of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Union Berlin seems like they have a little bit more of a solid ground where he can train and yeah. maybe improve a little bit. If nothing else, the Germans will be able to teach him how to play uh, attacking football. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I feel like that's like a great place to go, the Bundesliga, to, to learn how to score. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic take thank you thank you mostly because nobody can defend there uh these days so um yeah i don't know maddie i I, i've got this this rundown here in front of me i I thought i wrote down thoughts on balogun we kind of covered them a little bit but did you have any thoughts on flo balogun i feel like he's the big star man these days that everyone's excited about yeah i kind of feel I mean, obviously, the initial excitement of getting him has worn off a little bit just because, you know, time has passed. He's yesterday's news. He's totally yesterday's news. Um, And I don't want him to come to our team and kind of big time it like, oh, I can take the ball and score because it's just, you know, we're playing against Uzbekistan. Yeah. But I don't know. You've got to have time to settle into these roles. And... I do feel like he has more finishing prowess against bigger teams than, and I know I'm going to get shit for bringing him up, but Jesus Ferreira, I mean, I think he has a little bit more of the technical ability to finish against teams like England, against teams like Germany, you know, Mm. like a World Cup finish instead of whatever happened in our World Cup. He's got a higher ceiling, maybe. Y- yeah, yeah. And yeah. and nothing against Jesus Ferreira. He, you know, nothing? does well in the MLS, and that's good for him. But You've got nothing against Jesus I mean, Ferreira, uh, buddy? <laughs> come on, we all know I do. But <laughs> no agendas against Jesus? <laughs> um, I'm not outside picketing. Uh, but I, I do think he needs some time to settle in, and games against Uzbekistan can't really, games against Oman can't really speak to, you know, the team's true potential. Yeah. I feel like our team is very good at playing down to the level that they're playing against. <laughs> and it's so frustrating to watch, but I feel like it happens every time. Yeah, it does. That is a big problem with us. We do play to the level of our opponent too often. You'd like to see us just kind of convincingly win more, but <laughs> CONCACAF, you know, we do like to get dragged into the mud a bit. Uh, Flo Balogun's played 16 minutes for Monaco so far this season. 
Didn't yeah, he subbed just off. transfer? Yeah, he did. That um, was one game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got subbed off at halftime. I think that was pre-planned, they said. Um, I think he's still building fitness and whatnot. And honestly, if anything, this might have been just a fitness exercise for him to just get some more minutes in his legs and get back up to speed because i mean he had six passes in 45 minutes he took two shots he honestly probably should have scored the headed chance that hit the bar or the hit the post that was right there it was right there i i feel like he was at a position where he couldn't really generate much power to get it across the line but it was a really good moment nice header across back across the box from mckenny to him um but yeah he just kind of looked a little languid i guess I always like when people use the phrase, put some more minutes in your legs, because mm. it, it just reminds me of like, oh, I got to put some miles in the car today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got <laughs> to break in the tires, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> got to work on the fitness of this car. Make sure <laughs> the engine's running properly. Get an oil transfusion. Oil transfusion. <laughs> what's, the, what's the name Hook for? it up to a horse. And <laughs> <laughs> Take its power. Yeah, get the horsepower. Um, did you know you're not supposed to like... You're not supposed to like accelerate rapidly and things like this with a brand new car. Like you're supposed to like break in the motor. This is like good car maintenance tips. Speaking as someone who has never owned anywhere near a new car, yeah. I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> My first car was a 1996 Buick Park Avenue. It was a supercharger though. She was supercharged. Yeah. So that's. And she had a moonroof. Yeah. And I don't know what the difference between a moon and a sunroof is. Me neither. But all I know is when I got the car, they said it was a moonroof, not a sunroof. Okay. And it had a couch in the back seat. It was so comfy. It had a couch? I mean, it was like basically, a, it was like, you know, they took a couch apart and then stuck it in the back of a car. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm, I just Googled what is a moonroof. Oh. And uh, a moonroof is considered a type of sunroof, says Carfax. The moonroof moon usually has a tinted glass panel, much like an extra window on top of the car. It is designed to let in light without having to let in the elements Oh, mine open too. Um, Maybe it is a sunroof. Maybe they lied to me. Yeah. The moonroof <laughs> is typically a clear tinted glass panel that slides between the roof and the headliner and is often tilted open to let in fresh air. Interesting. Okay. Well, there you have it, folks. We now know uh, what a moonroof is. Any other f- thoughts on this match? No. I mean, I'm not really sure what more we can glean. I mean, we're playing Oman Tuesday. I kind of have a feeling it's going to be the same kind of shit show that we end up looking re- really good in the end in. Um, Very possible. Yeah. I, I can't disagree. But I'll be there watching. I mean, not there because... You're not going to... Where are they playing? I don't, I don't know. Honestly. Oman? Oh, man. They play in like one of three places. It's like minnesota in the winter cincinnati or like florida in the summer <laughs> yeah exactly um tanner testman any any thoughts there thought he was, had a decent performance you think really? he mis- misplaced some passes oh but... i thought he looked bad oh okay let's hear it i mean I, I didn't think his passing was accurate at all i think he forced a couple of errors into our own players i think his passes were kind of behind most people mm. and i feel like you know, he's young. This is his first game. He's He plays for Venezia. Uh, he does play for Venezia. He's got a goal in Serie B this season. He's played four matches. Um, thank you, Flip Mob. Let's see. Is this his first match for the U.S.? I don't know. I would need to do research. He has played... Oh, 
He has played two matches for the U.S. Okay. I wasn't impressed, um, but also what can you take away? Because he played for less than half of the game. And, oh, wait, no. He played for over, uh, played for 35 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So he got subbed on, then subbed off. <laughs> oh, damn. Which is, you, you know, I mean, you don't. Not usually, a good look. You don't want that to happen usually. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he misplaced a few too many passes where you probably shouldn't misplace passes. You know, that the third before the final third, the middle of the field. The middle third. Yes. Um, where, you know, Tim Ream also wasn't having the game of his lifetime and to misplace a pass right in front of our boy, Grandpa Ream, in a game like this kind of felt a little bit, um, you know, flippant with it. Like, oh, I can give them the ball, I'll get it back kind of thing. I see. Um, flippant. Yes. Wow. Uh, maybe he wasn't subbed off. Can I not read? I don't know. He came on. That's for sure. So yeah, I don't think he was subbed off. Sorry folks for the misinformation. Uh, Christopher Lund. Any thoughts on Christopher Lund? He got about 10 minutes in the match. He came on for Anthony Robinson played fullback. I got some thoughts on Christopher Lund. He's a happy fella. Guy loves a smile. And it brightened my day. That's really all the only the only thought I had on Christopher Lund, twenty one year old out of Palermo. I think he is eligible for for uh, Denmark as well. But curious to see how he plays um, going forward. Seemed very happy to be there. Really, that's all I had to add to that. Um, I don't have any other analysis beyond um, Christopher Lund being a happy fellow. I was like, "Who is Christopher Lund?" It's because on Fat Mob, his last name is Hanson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did seem happy to be there. He was super happy to be there. Chris Richards has been hitting the squat rack. He looked thick. He looked thick. Not like, uh, oh, who's the goalie? Who's the goalie that we kept? Who's Lester's Kasper old Casper? <laughs> Papa Schmeichel. <laughs> Not like that, but just like he has been, um, he's, he's trying to fight for the honor of replacing, um, uh, Daryl Dyke on my background screen. Oh, the thigh master. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for everybody, I have Daryl Dyke as my background screen on my phone, yeah. and it is kind of confusing for everybody else who mm -hmm. isn't me. Um, and it's basically just his thighs, and it was as a joke, and now I don't see it anymore. <laughs> it's a good picture. There you go. Uh, yeah, so USA wins. Um, we are going to win the World Cup based off of this performance. Oh, yeah, for sure. Good teams play bad and still win. Isn't that right? I mean, we've we've all watched the Premier League, yeah. 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 All right. Any other thoughts on the U.S.? No. No. Hopefully, okay. Oman is more convincing. That's my last thought on the U.S. I hope not Oman, the club, our performance against Oman, not the club, the, Oman the country. Game. Yeah, the Oman, the Oman game. game. The Hopefully. Oman performance is more convincing. Hopefully, we're not saying Oman. Oman. <laughs> <laughs> we're bringing our A game today. Right. This is a relaxed fit episode, if you guys haven't noticed. We're recording on my floor. Yeah. It's nice. It is nice. It's raining outside. Yeah, it was so. It was such a great vibe this morning. It really was. I want to. It makes me want to watch a Harry Potter movie. Really, all the time. Anytime it's like fall and it's raining, I'm like, mm, Harry Potter season. I get Harry Potter, like, I get very occasional like Harry Potter movie sounds kind of nice to watch right now. But when I do, it's almost always snowing. I feel like. Oh, okay, I can I, see that. I always associate Harry Potter with the winter scenes and like Christmas time. Yeah, and the candles in the Great Hall. Yeah, because they always would go all out for Hogwarts at Christmas. Yeah, which looked like a nice place to be at Christmas time. 
this episode is off the rails. Very Christian organization, Hogwarts, celebrating the... Uh, yeah. What's that about? Let's dive into that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not and okay. move on to outside our international break, other international breaks. Mm. Um, I'm sure you've all heard, but our good old boy, Hansi Flick. Yeah. Blair, do you have thoughts about Hansi? Um, not like specific thoughts because I can't claim to know a lot about the U.S. or the U.S. the the United States of Germany. The Flickmaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, I I can't claim to know a whole lot about uh them these days. Other than that, they just haven't been the same old Germany. Like they're not. They don't really inspire that much fear in the hearts of men these days. You know. Yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> the same old Germany. Well, they haven't been. Like, they just not have been that good. Like, the the glory days. I remember watching World Cups and Euros tournaments in the past and Germany being just absolutely dynamite, you know? And, um, yeah, they just don't have that same aura anymore. The like, men's and the women's team both went out early in the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, the women's team didn't have a good group stage. They, they got knocked out of the groups. Yeah. yeah, same with the men. Yeah, and the men, same same deal. Yeah, um, the men's team now have dropped down to 15th in the world rankings. They're below countries like Morocco, I think the U.S. Um, so if you put stock in that sort of thing, like that's not great. Um, they obviously just, excuse me, recently got slapped up by Japan for one. So I think that was maybe the the final nail in the coffin. Definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, it's just not, like, an acceptable level for the German Footballing Federation. So, yeah, I think firing him is perfectly reasonable. They need to figure out how to play defense. Just like the Bundesliga. Yeah, really. Uh, life imitates art. Art imitates life, maybe. Is that the... I'm going to make that a poster for you. Thank you. Make sure you put a lot of questions in there. Question no, marks. No, it will be fully life imitates question. art? Yeah. Question mark, question mark. I think that's... Uh... <laughs> I have a, a list here of Germany's last uh, friendlies from 2023. Okay. They played Peru in March. They won 2-0. They successfully, I'm sorry, they, they, following that, they succeeded, I don't know where it's, afterwards, they played one, two, three, four, five matches against Belgium, Ukraine, Poland, Colombia, and Japan. The best result they achieved was a 3-3 draw with Ukraine. The rest have been losses. Now, that's a list of teams that aren't weak by any means. Um, no. I think the U.S. would struggle with that uh, string of matches as well. But I think, you know, that string of results being so poor just highlights where they're at right now. Um and yeah, the capping it all off with the one to four loss to Japan. Yeah, it just feels like feels like Hansi Flick's time is up. How long had he been there? It's only been a few years, right? Because he took over for Yergi Love, who was that weird guy who'd always smell his butt. <laughs> Do you remember that? He would like he'd like scratch his butt and smell oh, his fingers. Oh yeah, 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 yep, yep, yeah. yep. I remember that. Super weird. But sometimes you need a maniac to to get the best out of you. You're like Pep probably does weird stuff. I feel like Pep does some blood rituals. Yeah. 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 It's not going well for a lot of European uh, footballing organizations at the moment. I feel like a lot of people want Gareth Southgate fired these days. 
they just drew with Ukraine one one over the the break so far. Yeah, and Henderson apparently like laid into him. Oh, into Southgate. Yeah, oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, everybody just kind of seems like they're on fire currently. Yeah, like Italy didn't even like make the World Cup. You know, like yeah, it feels weird. It feels like a uh, yeah. It's like we're doing okay. Yeah, maybe maybe we are just equally as big of a shit show as all the other big countries. But that makes us a part of yeah. the shit show. Yeah, we're relevant. We're in it. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of shit show, uh, Manchester United. Oh, yeah. We can't get away from the Prem, can we, folks? No. No breaks. Just one weekend of of normal Prem, I, I beg. I think it's maybe me much oh, okay. on my feet. Yeah. Um, I mean, one person does get a break from you know his duties but not his pay uh anthony has been asked and agreed i guess a mutual agreement to not come back from international duty just quite yet yeah so he was he was also removed from the the brazilian national setup for the time being right (laughs) so he was i guess supposed to be going um back to brazil for their international break i don't know if he ended up going or not but he didn't play he's not with the team and then obviously united have also what what was the phrase that i wrote down here they called it a leave of absence uh he's going to continue to receive full pay while they investigate this round of allegations of uh i guess physical domestic violence abuse uh levied against anthony the situation doesn't look great no no and i mean you know obviously people will take every which side on social media and people can post whatever and i don't know i have a hard time not believing um victims there's three allegations i believe that have uh, and other people have started to come forward okay yeah, so it seems like there's a bit of a string of of uh, allegations out there, but at this point, there remain allegations. I guess we just like I don't know if we have to have to say that, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like hypothetically, if you were to ask me if there were a certain person like Anthony who had these allegations made against them, if you were to ask me if I believe them, I would say yes. I guess. Yeah. Made against this hypothetical person that isn't named Anthony. Uh, just hypothetically. Just, just putting it <laughs> In out a there. Hypothetical situation. Um, so, obviously, we will see what comes of that. But I think maybe the easier conversation to have at this moment in time is like what this all means for Manchester United, who just embroiled themselves in a shitstorm trying to bring Mason Greenwood back into the fold. Um, and now they have this new batch of allegations against a, another marquee signing they've made recently in Antony for big money. Um, and to put the cherry on top of all this, they're apparently openly feuding with Jaden Sancho. Uh, yet again, a third marquee signing, big money signing that hasn't quite worked out for them. Yeah, after his like mental health break last year, he came back and he looked decent. And now there's like... He's being told that he isn't practicing hard enough or he isn't looking good in practice. And he's like, nah, man, that ain't me. Yeah. 
it's it, it just uh, seems like nobody really is talking over there and no. it's all like um you know love island or uh what's the one on the boat i feel like they're all kind of trapped on a boat one together Boat. under deck uh below deck, below deck thank you huh i've not watched that but Me i neither. guess i've heard of it somehow it's because it in, infiltrates our psyches mm, yeah. from modern day society. Um, <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> Television's getting beamed into our brains without us realizing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of like jumping over, all, uh, over a few topics a bit um, with varying degrees of severity. Uh, I don't really have anything to add on Anthony other than like, it seems bad. I agree that he shouldn't be playing. Um, that seems like the right choice that maybe Manchester United made after being browbeaten over making the wrong choice, which also I believe was the right thing to do, um, meaning to browbeat them. That was the right thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't think Anthony's been very good Like, I, like as far as like a footballing thing. I feel like they're just, he hasn't really contributed a whole lot. So it's like they're missing out on anything on the pitch either way. If you want to get into that, obviously that's far less important than what's happening off the pitch these days with him. Um, but yeah, it's just like a huge, it's a huge fucking mess, man. <laughs> yeah. And then the Glazers on top of it just yeah. decided to not sell the club yeah, after all of that. It's just like it all, it's all so ridiculous. And I think the Sancho thing's more interesting to me at this point, just because there's maybe uh, there there's more, I guess, out in the public domain that like is concrete, and I feel like um, there are a lot of different opinions on how a club and a manager should handle a situation like this with a player. Do you think that a manager openly criticizing a player for how he trains in the media after a performance, after he's dropped from the squad entirely is appropriate, an appropriate way of doing that? Um, especially given the context around Sancho in the past, or do you think he should have handled it differently? I mean, he's going to get asked about him either way if he's not in the squad. Um, but, I, I feel like there is a lack of honesty happening. And so it feels disingenuine when he says, you know, he's not practicing hard enough. And then Jaden come like it, it creates this like kind of shit storm between the two of them that goes into the media mm -hmm. um, that I, I don't know how to handle it differently because they're going to ask. Yeah. Because do you, you know. just say Jaden was feeling sick or he had a, a small injury or something? Do you lie? Do you just say a lie? I feel like a lot more clubs do that. Yeah. And just think so. putting it back on the player and saying he's not yeah. being a good boy, you know? <laughs> yeah. Weird, weird, weird language that they use over there. He's been a bit he's naughty our, there. He's a bit, he's our best boy, but he hasn't been a good yeah. boy. Um, yeah, I feel, I feel, I, I definitely agree. You're right. That they're, they're, they're going to ask and like, I believe that the intention of a lot of the, the uh, soccer media in England is to drum up a lot of this controversy anyway. Yeah. The media thinks they're entitled to this. Yeah. And so I feel like Ten Hag just gave them like a beautiful, like served up on a golden platter yeah. story to run with, which was probably a, a messaging error uh, from his side. It feels it, like a... a 
mistake a rookie would make working for Manchester, like Hollywood FC, you know? <laughs> yes, I agree. I think even if it's true. You just don't say it. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't know. It's like, going to make it worse. There are definitely ways of motivating players, right? And every player is different. Every player requires different kinds of motivation. Some players you need to get in their face and tell them they're being a dick and that they're not training hard enough. Other players, you got to kind of lift them up because they're, they're soft little lotus flowers. Some players just require snacks. Yeah, some players, maybe he needs Snickers. He's hungry. He's not the same when he's hungry. This is a commercial. StockX.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, every player is different, but I do think once you go into the media and you start saying things about their training work ethic you know and all this you enter into new territory and somehow in the amidst all this antony stuff which has remained i think kind of at the at the surface whatever but like somehow it was at some points being sort of subsumed by all this Jaden sancho talk and so it's like how is that possible like is he there like he's getting used as a scapegoat i feel yeah, yeah, he's he's getting used as a oh look over here while we deal with our own internal stuff. Yeah. Look at Jaden. Yeah. Oh no, he's not practicing hard enough. Don't don't look over at Anthony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or his ex wife's Twitter profile. Yeah, where there's like photos of her split finger and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like they handled that really poorly. Um, there's been reports in the past of Jaden like being sort of a. He's like just showing up to training late, being sort of a lackadaisical performer in training and things like this at Man City and Dortmund and stuff. So like he does seem to have like a track record of those things, but I just feel like he probably just need to like keep that internal, you know, just yeah. be like, Jaden, it's obvious that you're not training well enough. And then he comes out in the media and he, re he refutes it. Obviously, I feel like he feels the need to defend himself. Do you think that was fair for him to do that? Or do you think he should have just kept his mouth shut or like, I don't know. Not kept his mouth shut. I don't like the way that sounds. But like, no. do you think he should have just, just ridden with it, you know? I think it's something you have to talk to your manager about and not in, like introduce the more media into it because at that point, you're just fueling the fire. Yeah. Talk to, communicate with your, the one you're having issues with. Yeah. Relationships are hard. Communication <laughs> is key. Honestly, it is. It feels like so many of these things come down to, to like these like, and these dudes who just like don't know how to talk to each other. That's how I felt about Vestigard and um, who was who our man? Brandon, Brandon Rogers. Rogers the entire season last year. It was just like, they're just talking at each other through the media and mm -hmm. like letting the media skew everything. When you can just walk up to him and be like, Brendan, what do I need yeah. to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Not, not all is not well in the red side of Manchester at the moment. It's just like, good Lord. But they'll be back at it next week. Yeah. It's just all stacking up and yeah. stories about the training room or the dressing room being unhappy with Sancho. And it's like, where are these leaks coming from? You know, like it just feels like it's just so ridiculous at the moment. Anthony. And it's not even like it's been that bad for them. Like no. they, they have all these injuries at the moment. Like obviously the start of the season hasn't been good, but it's like, how has it, how is this? Like, you remember the good feeling from Manchester United last year? Like they won Carabao and it's like, oh shit, they're back, you know? And like, I was <laughs> giving them like props and stuff and saying like, oh, look, Ten Hag seems to have reclaimed Sancho. He finally found him as a player and all this. 
And here we are like six, eight months later and it's like all completely gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot can be wiped away in the summer months. Yeah. It just like, it, it just shows, I think that there's still lacking like foundations there, you know? Yeah. They're, they're lacking like a middle piece between the dressing room and Ten Hog. It feels like there's just, it's, they're very shaky ground. Yeah. Like, it feels like them and Chelsea are kind of in the same boat. Mm. Everything's just kind of like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Week to week. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I feel like on the one, like the one hand, I guess I maybe don't give them enough credit for like how intense and stressful it would be to be a manager and player at Manchester United because like you were under probably the largest microscope in, in England for sure. But also like in world soccer. And I suggest a therapist. Yeah, I think they, Ted Lasso had it right. They need a therapist. They do. They need a team dog, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That would be, yeah. That'd be, oh, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Arsenal's got a team dog now. What? Mm-hmm. What's its name? Win. <laughs> oh, God. Really? It's so corny. Uh, who named it Arteta? Arteta like, did, yeah. The dog name is Win. <laughs> win, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because we need to yeah, win. We need to win. <laughs> like, oh, shit, Mikel, you're a genius. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. So now they just say win all day. Yeah. That's all right. But That's honestly, man, like full bias out there on the table, sure. But like all the corny stuff that came out of all or nothing with Arteta and the light bulb moment and the passion and energy and commitment drawing thing and all that nonsense, the win, the dog uh, playing, you never walk alone at, at the training ground during practice before the, before the Liverpool match at Anfield, all that stuff. I'd rather have the corny guy. I'd rather have the corny guy than Pep. No, not than Pep. I take Pep, <laughs> but I'd rather have the corny guy than the the whatever Ten Hag is the the icy guy. I guess. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. But okay. Yeah, maybe they need they need a little more corn in their diet up there. Some country boys need to need to <laughs> keep going, keep going. You got it. <laughs> they gotta get some of that home cooking. <laughs> Think that, I think this is our time. They do work the fields in a certain sense, you know. They do, yeah. I've been bailing, bailing that, stacking that hay. Is that the words? To stacking them bales. <laughs> That's the, those are the words. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so Premier League is back next weekend. <laughs> uh, we have no FPL roundup this weekend because none Nothing of them changed. played. Nothing changed. Oh, uh, things did change, I guess. Oh. Uh, because some players will come back injured from the, world, the international oh, break. So yeah, make sure yeah, you yeah. pay attention to that, folks. Check your lineups. Yep. Do some subbing. Make sure you've got the right goalkeeper. Make sure you got the right captain. You know who I'm talking about. Erling um, Holland. I, so uh, one of our followers messaged us and said, I captained the wrong guy. I think oh, it was shit. PDR. Because oh, he dropped down to fifth. Dang it. Um, but next weekend, our lineup. Did you? Were you good with this lineup of games? Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay, and these are all teams we haven't talked about yet. Okay. Uh, game one. Uh, please note, these might change because we haven't actually talked to Jacob about these. Yeah. Uh, game one, Fulham against Luton at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, two, Arsenal versus Brentford, 12.30 a.m. or p.m. Saturday. Newcastle versus Brentford. What did I say? Arsenal. Wow. 
We've talked about both those teams, haven't we? Newcastle and Brentford? Yeah. No. We haven't talked about Brentford. Are you kidding me? I had a whole thing on Rico Henry. Man. Maybe I am dementia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, maybe we won't do that we one. we watched Mbomo, and then we talked about Visa, and we had a debate about, is Mbomo good enough to replace Tony at the moment? Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay. Well, maybe we won't there do that one. There is a West Ham Man City at that time slot as well. Oh, wait. That's 1230. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um. Anyways, our third game will be Everton Arsenal um the mighty toffees at Goodison yeah this they is, will beat Arsenal this is a match that Blair can't stand Arsenal so cannot get it. points at Goodison Park it's it's a contractually obligated to take an L there yeah I don't know why sorry I don't know what we did Arteta has a blind spot for Goodison because he played there for so many years I guess but whatever they call it Badison actually is this are they still at Goodison or are they at the new stadium now this is good dead air. I can, it, it gets cut. Everton FC play Goodison Park. When do they move to their new field? And if you want to watch, uh, Friday at 3 p.m., Southampton plays Leicester. Ooh. Tune in for that, baby. Everton Stadium is being constructed still. 2024 is the planned opening. So... Instead of the uh, Newcastle Brentford game, we could watch Wolves Liverpool. But I think we've talked about both of those teams too. I think you're right. Bournemouth Chelsea, nine a.m. Sunday. I don't think we've talked about Bournemouth. You said nine a.m. on Sunday. Yeah. Damn. Um. Yeah. Watch our Instagram, folks, because this might change. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll post about what three games that we're watching this weekend. Uh, Blair, any closing thoughts, any final words, any crock plugs, stock X, you know? Um, sending my thoughts to the people of Morocco. It's very yeah. sad and scary. So hope everyone out there is doing all right. Um, I don't think I'll be buying the Shrek crocs. What about the big yellow ones? No, hmm. I can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here. Blair will not be sporting the Shrek Crocs. Unless one of you wants to send it, you know. Generous. Get out of me swamp, donkey. <laughs> That'll do. That'll, That'll do, do, donkey. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. Cheers, donkey. Cheers.